Welcome to the Distraction Makers Podcast. I'm Gavin. I'm Forrest. I'm Tyler. On this episode, we talk about the state of collectible card games. Check it out. So the Digimon card game. Yep. So I was looking at videos of how to play. Um, yeah, and because what I was really hoping for and how I found out about it is I was talking to my friend about the conversation we had about how coincidentally all of the top card games in the world right now all have unique mana systems for the most part. None of them follow like either the traditional uh, colored like five mana system of magic or they don't have uh, the mana system of hearthstone well okay which, hold on. Wh- which which games are you talking about uh the top ones are magic pokemon Yu-Gi-Oh, and i think keyforge might still be number four yeah. so I they all Forge have is, mana systems isn't keyforge number two in terms of profit is it i'm pretty sure it's they doing two. that good yeah i'm, I'm gotta, pretty sure they gotta pay people pretty more well. though god what, dang i don't know what the I haven't looked at yeah. any of the numbers or anything. But. Anyway, but well, so you're saying they have different mana systems compared to Magic? Right, because there's a lot of cards that were coming out, uh, or card games that come out. You, you see a lot of the digital ones that like just have the same shit. Uh, not to call any games out, but I've played a couple, you know, uh, digital card games, and I got I get a couple duels in, and I'm like, this is just Magic, or this is yeah. just Hearthstone. Simplified um, magic or whatever. Right. right. So what I'm hoping for out of this Digimon card game is something a little different. Now, it is a little bit different um, in terms of it's 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 similar to Hearthstone, but you don't see Hearthstone's mana system in a physical card game because it's harder to pull off. Yeah. So the way that they're doing their mana system is you have 10 mana, essentially, Um or it's memory because everything has to be digital. Um, And (laughs) uh, (laughs) yeah. Uh, And uh, if you have any unspent memory at the end of your turn, your opponent gets that much. So you kind of want to spend three. They start at three. Yeah. So they don't start at their max then. No. So like the weird thing from what I understood about it, I, I looked at a couple of videos trying to figure it out. It seems like it's a shared mana or a shared mana uh, bar, basically. Yeah. So you can use as much mana as you want, but it goes into but you're giving your opponent more mana if you go into their their uh, their thing. I think. I thought so it was like that, that if you if you have unspent mana, then basically that goes over to them. Or what it was is like you can spend mana as long as you have any amount of memory, but if you overspend memory, that goes into your opponent's thing. So if you have one memory and you spend three memory, then your opponent, it goes across the bar and it goes from like one to zero to one on your opponent's side and then two on your opponent's side. So then they start with two extra memory on their turn. I thought it was something gonna, like that. I'm going to look it up real quick. Because like you have your... Each player has a 10, but it's connected at zero, right? Yeah. And then you have the memory thing, memory mm. stick, I guess. Well, like the uh, physical card game actually just has two separate cards, and one card has your memory and your opponent's it has their own card, and you just kind of put them together. 
Um, but yeah, it kind of works the same as as it's, a memory stick. The memory, the memory gauge is used by when playing pain cost is shared by both players. Um, I'm gonna look it up real quick. I just I thought I was pain happy to see that it was a little bit different of a system. And I think yeah. it's kind of a cool spending system where there does seem to be a little bit risk and reward where it's like, yeah, you can spend more memory now if you want, but if you do, your opponent's going to be able to spend more memory on their turn. It's either that or it's, hey, you better spend as much memory as possible because otherwise your opponent is going to have more to spend. It's one of those two, and I'm not is, sure which. It might kind of be both, it sounds like. but Possibly, um, yeah. Is there a maximum amount of memory you can spend on your turn? Uh, like, is 10. it? Can you only go ten? You, well, you, you have ten, but then you can go into negative, right? Yeah. No. And then well, the negative gets passed I, to your opponent, or am I? Is that not? How well, it, yeah, but you don't start at ten, so it's I not can, like I can, I can read. Okay. Okay. The, let's get okay. the let's get <laughs> the, the official and stop pretending <laughs> yeah, like we know. So this game uses a memory gauge system to pay for cost playing a card. For example, to pay three costs, you'd need three memory spaces to the right or whatever. Uh, if during your turn the memory goes to one or above on your opponent's side due to costs or other effects, your turn ends and it becomes your opponent's turn. Mm. If that is exactly zero, your turn continues. After all effects are resolved, the opponent's turn begins. Memory cannot exceed 10. To pay a cost exceeding 10, you must be able to move the memory that many spaces. For example, to play a card that costs 13, the memory must be at three or higher on your side. Otherwise, mm. you would not be able to use that card. So the See, memory I, yeah. goes in, like it starts at three or whatever, or, you know, whatever it is, but you can, it goes to your opponent's, like, side. I so think the that's more such mana a, you, use, you use, the more your, your opponent has as well. I think so that's a of, really cool catch-up mechanic that can actually start the game off, like, like, there's not as much it sounds like there isn't as much possibility for like that slow growth there is in that every digimon you have to like you have to hatch an egg card and then you put digimon on top of that and then you put another one and they like rank up kind of like pokemon evolving Mm -hmm. but i think it's really cool that uh i mean i don't know how quite the game works but if you could somehow play like a 13 memory card on like turn three which might not be the smartest thing because then your opponent's going to have a turn with 10 memory. I still think that's kind of a cool like risk reward thing that you're able to do. And it's kind of interesting. I guess my question becomes like, what happens if you don't have the resources to take advantage of that much extra mana or memory or whatever, right? Like, well, like if you, if you're the mana goes into the opponent's side, that's the last thing you can do. Right. At all. So like if you pay, so if you're at zero, you can still play something if you want uh it just you know goes to your opponent's side but i think it starts at three to begin with maybe i also kind of wonder if it'll lead to situations where you can win in one turn and you can just go as negative in the mana as you would need to to just win the game it's nothing like that they use a it's kind of a combination of a few systems so their life the life points essentially are uh it's like pokemon victory cards slash dual master shield cards so you get these things called security cards and almost every card has a slot on the bottom which has a security effect and so if it happens to be drawn as one of your security cards and your opponent 
attacks your security and gets rid of one of the cards, usually there's some sort of a triggered effect, like put this card in your hand or oh, gain okay. two memory or something like that. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it, there's really no chance of someone winning turn one uh, for, for sure. And I really like that it's another card game that utilizes the catch-up uh, mechanic of having dual master shield cards because i thought that was a really cool catch-up mechanic i don't know how those work you have to explain you you destroy the goal of the game is to destroy all of your opponent's shields essentially which are random cards drawn <clears throat> from your deck um and oh, so right, okay. when your opponent destroys a shield that card from your deck goes to your hand so mm -hmm. obviously mm -hmm. they got an advantage because they're one shield down but now you can hopefully get back at them with the random card that's drawn right. and some Basically cards you have to hit them six times Right. To win, you have to lower their shields and then attack directly, and that's the exact same thing with Digimon, except Digimon has this new kind of memory gauge, memory hmm. mana system, which is... Uh, I haven't seen it before. I know there's a lot of card games I haven't played, but yeah. I'm just happy that You've it's something different. you every single different. one of them. What are you talking I know. About? I know. I'm sorry. I forgot. I forgot no, I, do, I played I, everyone. I, that's the, the one thing I did like a lot when I was looking at it. I was like, oh, a shared mana pool. It's kind of interesting. Yeah, I think it's uh, I think it's neat. I can't wait for it to come out. Well, we can play it right now. It's on so TGS. you're right. So yeah. it's a analog card game. It's I a, don't know it's, what that means. It's paper. It's paper card game. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Huh. I'm surprised. Be. I'm so surprised that they're coming out with a paper card yeah, game. Yeah, I like, am too. Mm -hmm. I'm like, okay, all right. I mean, unless they're doing a digital companion. But my friend was saying that like it's he he's been Digimon. following it. Well, I know. That's what I was saying is like if they don't do a digital card game, they're really really doing a disservice to the yeah. brand. But huh. I was when I was talking to my friend about it, he's been following it for a really long time and he was saying that like people in Japan are just going crazy for it and they're pre-ordering mm. things like crazy and so now that the English version is coming out, there's there's a, a lot of hype surrounded uh around the release of it. Mm. And I think it's supposed to be like January 2021 or something like that that it comes out. But uh, it looks cool. Hmm. Yeah, yeah I, I don't think I'll ever spend any money on it or play it. Really. <laughs> <laughs> but like, I don't know. Because <laughs> like card games, it's I'll get starter you decks. Have, you have I'll, to get like have friends and right. Play, you, play. Have have friends. Yeah. you have to have friends. You have to have friends. Yeah, it's hard when you don't have friends. It's hard. When you I mean, I I'm curious to give it a, a try more to see how the mechanics play out than anything else. I wasn't really a huge yeah. fan of Digimon growing up. I mean, it was there, but it wasn't like my main go-to. Yeah. So, yeah. I I mean, I I just like getting starter decks of different card games and trying those out. So, like, I got the World of Warcraft starter deck again. I yeah. ordered that off Amazon, and like, yeah. I I got the Pokemon trading card game. Like, got a couple starter decks for that to try that out, and it's just interesting. It's it's interesting seeing what all of these different card games can do. What's not interesting is playing Hearthstone and then seeing a new digital card game come out that gets all hyped and I look at it mm. and it's just Hearthstone. Yeah. yeah. Like, yeah, like that's a Legends huge of Runeterra bummer. A little bit. Uh, oh, what? <laughs> what, are you, what are you getting at? <laughs> oh, right. You can't say that. Right. Sorry. Yeah. No, it's a... Uh, but yeah, basically. Basically that Legends game, of Runeterra. That game's going to be the Hearthstone killer. What are you talking about? It's... um. I do think that they are doing some things differently. Like they're trying to yeah. do Hearthstone, but it sounds like they're doing Hearthstone with way less RNG, which is pretty cool because yeah. that's one of the biggest complaints. Yeah. But well, that's a, that's a yeah. weird thing with um, the current 
the way the current meta is, I think they wanted to go a little bit, a lot more random. But I wonder if next year they'll like they'll go a different direction, like just to keep the meta constantly changing. You know. Yeah, I mean the, this. It, the current way the car, the current sets, they they added a lot <laughs> of like discover and or get random and stuff. There's a lot of random keywords especially for mage but yeah um yeah i hope i hope they kind of like rain it down a little bit next next uh expansion or even next next year when the rotation happens do you guys a lot ever, of those cards will rotate out do you ever think that this like style this monetization style of card games is ever going to go away like, like, like buy packs. I mean, and yeah, I guess it does seem to be fading. Like Magic kind of did loot boxes in real life before loot boxes were in. Video I mean, games, yeah, that's so what all of I, them were. I don't yeah. really see like it's almost like you know a, a a peanut butter and jelly kind of match mashup, right? That like I think it was only a matter of time until video games realized that they could make money that way. And now that they have, I think it's almost like you've opened that box and it's going to be really hard to put it back You've in. literally opened that box yeah. hundreds of times <laughs> and can't oh, get man. the thing you want. I, you can't put it back. It, it's... I mean, but well, people I... are starting to recognize in the industry, like designers are recognizing that like it's kind of lazy and also pretty shady to do the whole loot box thing. Um, and it's, you know, it's, straight gambling a lot of the times i um i think it's interesting that magic never got a huge backlash for this you know like there was never a big like is are my kids gambling buying magic the gathering packs i think part of it was just parents had no idea that cards were worth the amount of money i think it's like it's not i don't know like i don't know if it's like the same thing as gambling but like, I mean, it's literally it's, becoming illegal in certain countries because yeah, there's litigation. It's considered well, it's gambling. Like, I guess, but I you're rolling know. the dice. Are you going to get that thing? Although I do think I a lot know. of that probably comes from the the meta community around it, rather than the boxes themselves. You know, like the, yeah. yeah. the Counter Strike stuff that was going on, where you oh know, gosh, there was all kinds of weird embezzlement fraud problems where you had Mm. one guy who was like oh look at this i just opened up this amazing weapon skin from this website and he also ran the website but didn't tell anybody that like it was was hilarious it was was, terrible um (laughs) dumb so i do wonder like like, if that has more to do with it because you like you didn't have any of that kind of stuff going on with magic really I was going to say that I wonder if it's actually because at the time, I mean, magical or cheese magic was a physical uh, Mm -hmm. game. And there's something about digital games where everything you're going to purchase is with a credit card. And it's so easy for you to like buy something that way and not really like hand over the physical like cash to someone that you like Mm -hmm. are running out of, you know, and then you just don't get the thing. And so then you just click again because it has all your information saved. It's so easy to purchase something that it's like, fuck, I didn't get what I wanted from these. I'm going to buy 10 more and then buy 10 more. But it's different if you go to a card shop. You could could at least justify... (laughs) uh, It's a bit of a stretch, but you can at least justify buying like packs of real cards as in like you're paying $3 for, you know, 12 pieces of cardboard. (laughs) Yeah, like there's actually some kind of value value digital hey, it's like 
Not, I look not, cool keep any of that in stuff. my in my Overwatch skins. I look super cool. I mean, yeah, man. I I kind you of wonder do. how much longer that will matter. To be honest, like I I think there is value there in skins. I think a lot of games have seen that as a a, a worthy monetization model. Mm-hmm. Um, I yeah. do think there's weirdness with pay to win. And I, think I mean, I'm they've glad we're going of... against pay to win. I'm glad that's happening. Yeah, for the most I think part. there's been, especially with the uh, Battlefront controversy. Yeah, like, yeah. there's a lot less pay-to-win uh, scenarios. It's amazing I mean, that that even got greenlit. Still, you know, it's, that was <laughs> I, so shady. I, I still find it so weird that Magic has been able to exist in this world of pay-to-win, of loot yeah. boxes, of all, the, and and it never. I mean, people obviously know that it's the case, but it's just sort of like it's always been that way for card games. Nobody's known any different. People have tried to make models to disrupt that, and it hasn't worked. So I'm kind of going, maybe we all are just sort of accepting this as like the way that card games are. Not to say it couldn't change at some point, but like even Hearthstone. Hearthstone's pay to win. Like you have to buy cards to play constructed. Or you have to play... Too much, a lot. But even yeah. then, you, right. you you can only get like a hundred gold not a day, a, which is one pack a day. But you have yeah. to win. Right. So you're just never like you're, you're never going to be able to be professional level competitive playing that yeah. way, right? Like, right. It's not possible. Right. I mean, now, they've like they've um they calculated how much you would need to pay to get the entire. You know, whenever mm-hmm. a new set comes out, this is how much generally yeah. you need to pay to like get the entire set. Um, and then you got the collectors who just the collect it's kind of a weird thing is like collecting hearthstone cards it does feel you want to get that you know you want to get that complete you know you want to see everything is complete it Uh, kind of feels lame though it It does to collect digital cards like something it doesn't feel nearly as satisfying as like when i had my my old card binder and i would Mm -hmm. have all the pokemon cards like mm-hmm. laid out in the number that they're laid out of of like the first set like that felt satisfying as a kid yeah um yeah. but whenever i go to my hearthstone collection i'm like oh i'm missing that card all right like <laughs> yeah okay, so i guess i gotta I like, get, oh, guess i, can, I gotta I get that some, to do I well dust some stuff and get it if i need to but yeah i, I do Although wonder i will too... say i think the only model that i can think of right now that's not pay to win is keyforge because the decks are random. Mm, still kind of pay to it's, win. It's still pay <laughs> it's, to win. Yeah, but like no, I mean, like you can't like you can buy a bunch of packs and like hope that right. you get a good one. Well, but it's not yeah. the same as like buying the entire collection and then building the strongest deck. Like your decks are, like, like those are the decks. You can't change those. I think there's I was, a weirdness yeah. here because Richard Garfield's design philosophy is he wants to keep the game in the state of unknown as long as possible. But I think that mm-hmm. also goes hand in hand with these with this business practice that is potentially exploitative. And if we're looking at Keyforge as being the second most profitable trading card game currently, which I'm I'm pretty sure it is. I'm not. Let me look it up while you yeah, let's, let's, that. Let's, fa- let's fact check that. Um, okay. but. It's interesting to me because it's like, yeah, you're, you're saying it's not pay to win, but it definitely can be pay to win if your plan is to have the best deck you can have or, or that, you know, of all of your friends, you're going to keep buying decks until you have the best one. And that's why, but like you can't to win. test that until you, right. you buy them and play them versus right. like just buying boxes of and knowing boxes and boxes that you of have magic right. yeah. and you know the meta, the meta solved or whatever. So you just build the strongest deck. Or the bro- most broken deck. So I can speak. That's another I, thing with the internet and like deck trackers yeah. and things like that. It's 
It's I can weird, speak but... to the magic pay to win thing uh, pretty well because I you know played a lot of competitive magic, and what ends up mm-hmm. happening is like as the metagame gets solved, um, you you don't it, it doesn't always get solved with one best deck. No. And I think that that's what people think is happening, but it's really not. Because usually what ends up happening is you have one best deck for a while, but then people find ways to play around it or play against it. And the yeah. the most unhealthy metagames of Magic end up with one best deck and one deck that's built to beat the best deck. Mm-hmm. And so it's like you're either playing Affinity or you're playing the thing that beats Affinity. And this was way back from 2006 yeah. or whatever. But <clears throat> that's happened several that. times throughout Magic's history. <laughs> Um, it's the same thing with Hearthstone, like. But yeah, the the healthy metagames of Magic don't they don't end up there. It's like you have one deck that's arguably the best, but then you have like three or four or five or six other decks that are still competitive that people yeah. still play, and they sideboard accordingly to their local metagame, or the metagame that they think they're going to see at that tournament that they're going to arrive to. <clears throat> so you end right. up with this this scenario where you're trying to play the metagame, like play against it. You're not trying to play the best deck necessarily. Right. Uh, Uh, And that I think is a healthy metagame versus... uh, Like the big difference with Hearthstone metagame and Magic metagame is Magic, you have a lot more deck types. (laughs) You can construct... What would be... How many different combinations can you... What, what what do you mean like like strategies or colors? Well, just like what colors, even just just like general oh, well, I mean, since you I can mean, mix and match so many colors, <laughs> so you the can is like you know it's it's five to the power of you know five. Yeah, colors. but right. it, um, even then, in certain metagames, like certain color combinations aren't always viable. Right. So, um, but the fact that you can build like pretty much any combination of colors, like you know, expands the you know, possibilities versus Hearthstone, which you just have nine or yeah, nine, uh, uh, classes, right? classes. So you're kind yeah. of restricted to, which is, it, it seems is, like a, it is now... a smaller game technically, mm-hmm. cause you're not using as many cards. I mean, it's well, basically half the size of magic. Maybe, but. maybe you can speak a little bit to this, Tyler, is that, um, my experience with Hearthstone is that the, the decks have always been a little bit homogenous where they all feel like they're in this mid range area. Like, I don't know if this is true or not. Maybe it was just the metagame that I was playing in. But there wasn't really, like, aggro decks and mid-range decks and control decks and combo decks. I know there's been combo decks in Hearthstone in the past, but there, I remember there was some kind of rogue degenerate combo deck that was going around for a while. But <laughs> Oh, there's still that. For, <laughs> still for that, people that, that there's, aren't... There's a new uh, one uh, that I... Uh, ex- we, I think we, everybody expects them to nerf somehow. But uh, mm. there, it's not too rampant. That's, uh, right now, the meta is aggro. Okay. Basically, like I think they design it to go in shifts mm-hmm. of like we want this to be a control meta, we want it to be an aggro meta. Yeah. You know, they they design the card. We talked about this before. With like the game designers are designing the game, like regardless of like your creativity and how you want to build your deck. Like the designers yeah, they're, generally, they're give they're you designing the, the meta. Yeah. 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 Um, and same thing with like right now, the most powerful classes are I think Hunter mage and demon hunter i think but like mm-hmm. next next expansion it's probably going to be i expect shaman right now shaman's a crap but like i expect mm. i've i've only ever seen like shaman be good like broken <laughs> like uh, later in the year so i mm-hmm. i think there's like a semi pattern that they kind of mm. shift around 
That would be um, kind of par for the course for Blizzard, I think, is that they yeah. like to pick winners and be like, okay, this is the class that's going to be good this meta, and then we're going to switch well, but and rotate. wouldn't you think that, I mean, let's, speaking as amateur designers ourselves, wouldn't we think that if we were stepping into that, I can't imagine that anyone's going into a job like that and thinking like, yeah, let's make sure these guys win more this time. Like, chances are they're trying to make it as yeah. balanced as possible. But I don't think that's the case. There's <laughs> really. I don't think it's I, yeah, no. Cons- so, now, like, now that's so conspiracy as, theory brain. Now, here, like, exactly this is conspiracy brain. All right. Yeah, this is conspiracy brain. Put, okay. put a tinfoil Boy, hat on. Right. I should like build one and have it ready. But yeah, like, <laughs> um, it's, con- it's conspiracy time. Let's, yeah, conspiracy. Uh, here's here's what I think is happening. Is what I think is happening is they they balance uh, the meta for whatever the release is coming out. So whatever people want, are going to be buying more of, it will be more powerful. So I think League of Legends does the same thing. I think uh, you know Hearthstone does it. I think WoW has done it in the past with World of Warcraft, or, or Blizzard has done it in the past with World of Warcraft. Um, and what they do is, obviously people aren't going to want to buy something new from you if it's going to be underpowered. So they purposefully design whatever is new to be overpowered, and then they nerf it later so you'll always end up with this meta that's chasing what it like whatever is the newest thing that's come out i mean i think that that is a good sales tactic but that's not necessarily what we're talking about here well because if we're talking about about something so if we're talking about hearthstone right when demon hunter came out you're right it followed that type of formula I mean, I think Demon Hunter's win rate was literally up to like 70 to 75 percent. It was that's, insane. That's like ridiculous. Yeah. It was. It was <laughs> am I wrong? What was it? No, it was. I think it was about that. It was <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> Nobody could like stop it because yeah. the cards were broken and it was very exciting for a moment. Yeah. <laughs> then, I mean, it's like an exciting then, class. It plays really fun. The, you know, the, the thing was, I don't think they expected it to be that powerful against the other decks that they made that they there were the other cards that they designed. Um, but like there's, it was just so fast and consistent, mm-hmm. uh, that they had to nerf it like nine times. I, I think my, my out. theory is that they designed um, demon hunter, how all of the other classes should have been probably designed from the beginning, because well, now they've learned so many lessons from this game that they then created this class that was, I think it was so homogenized. Um, and it synergized so well and all of the different combinations you could do, whether you were demon, demon hunter, or whether you were, um, outcast or whatever the different combinations were, but, yeah. uh, yeah. Well, they, they were talking about next year's rotation. Like they're looking at a few classes to completely like redesign Yeah. in terms of their basic set and stuff like that. So they're trying to like, they've been trying over the past couple of years to, uh, they've been like hall of faming and changing uh, a lot of the basic set, basic cards for everything to kind. Of, they have the, they posted the, this new uh, design goals for each like class. Right. Um, so I think like in the next year, next rotation, I think they're gonna try to like completely like reimagine a lot of the the the. Um, Classes, the different classes. classes. But see, yeah, this yeah. is this is, and like, I think that's the thing. Like, Demon Hunter was so homogenized. <laughs> like, they designed right. it, and they like this is what it's supposed to do. So I'm and not they, particular. Like, I'm not super familiar with how Demon Hunter plays. Right? Is it just that um, you have a lot of redundancy in your decks, so that whatever you draw, you're going to end up being able to execute the same strategy? So they mm. had a the the new thing is um, for Demon Hunter was Outcast, 
which means I actually like the the design. I like it a lot. It, I think it's, it's really cool. cool. Yeah. Um, where it's like it it gets a bonus ability if it's on the far right or far left of your hand. So you have to oh, okay. actually. But the thing with that was, um, at least for aggro, like control is actually control demon hunter is kind of snaking its way up the ladder, but um, they didn't have like a whole lot of that when they first came out. It was just aggro. So like mm-hmm. your hand was so easy to get rid of that these outcast cards are so easy to pull off. Oh, I see. Um, they, so like so it, it was so yeah. consistent. Yeah. Once you have um, like no cards in your hand, it's always going to be on the left or the right. So yeah, yeah. and like gotcha. that. Well, that's why. And then they have this really powerful one where it was the skull of Gul'dan. Where oh God, that was so <laughs> it was, overpowered. It was. I think at <laughs> first it was a five cost. Yeah. Draw three cards. Outcast. They cost. They all cost three less. <laughs> wow. So you No, I thought you, at first it was, so it was they all cost zero. Wasn't no, it no, that? No, it was three. It was, it was just three less. three less. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. But if you're playing <laughs> there's another like, card just that things does. that cost three or less, then they're zero, right? Does it does it take it down to zero? Or does they yeah, yeah, it takes one? it down to zero. Yeah. So all right. So your your hand so you, you just keep like refilling your hand. So yeah. it was pretty that's the thing. It was so consistent with your it's aggro. So like even if you wipe their board, they'd probably draw into like another board. Just play a bunch of stuff again, yeah. Yeah, um, this like, is like, I mean, this is a this is so interesting because it's like these are problems that Magic has gone through throughout the years, um, mm-hmm. and and this does bring up another thing that happens with Magic too is that you have power creep, right? So like, how do you deal with power creep in a metagame? Well, Magic's a- uh, answer is that they have some sets that are more powerful and other sets that are less powerful, but. Yeah when you look at the way that the the metagame rotates it's it's like okay well we came out with a new set and now this other set is going away um and you know they're they're gonna kind of leapfrog each other but um what happens when you have like a really powerful set and then the next set that comes out is less powerful it's like are are people gonna buy less of that set you know what i mean like you you kind of have to think about i think that's any card game because you have all these you're kind of you have a limited amount of like like types of effects you can do right uh, a lot of times yeah but you want to like you want to like add a new spin on that or something to keep that effect like draw cards or whatever like to add new like there was um in hearthstone there was this card that came out last or that was rotated out this year but um it was a two mana one mm-hmm. one that makes your next hero power cost one or something like that mm-hmm and then, but they came out with the this last set was a a one, one or a one cost that makes your hero power cost zero, <laughs> right? Yeah. So, so, so like, it's like yeah. Yeah. things like that, yeah. and then of course like yeah. anything in the basic or the uh, classic um, sets are just like, constantly being like useless. Yeah. Those There's types a few of things staples, that, but like yeah. those types of things that exist in Magic too, where you yeah. have like shock which costs one red and does two damage, and you also have lightning bolt that costs one red and does three damage. But <laughs> yeah. what ends up happening is those are never or almost never in the same meta together so it's mm. a it's a matter of like okay how powerful are the creatures in this meta because if you have a mm. lightning bolt which you know you does three damage for one one mana um you are your creatures need to be more powerful so they can sustain through that kind of damage right like toughness yeah, becomes yeah. much more important so you have to look at like okay well how tough are our creatures can we print lightning bolt right now or can we only print shock um so I don't know. It's interesting to see like Hearthstone have some of the same kind of growing pains that Magic has had over the years, where they've learned yeah. that free, any kind of free spell is a bad idea. Like, <laughs> like you have to be very, oh, very God. careful. With anything that's free. <laughs> that's, um, that's there's a couple issues with that right now, or there was uh, in Hearthstone, but 
Did I mean, we find they, out if Key... they nerfed it? Like, yeah, yeah, uh, you, you would recently. have to. Yeah. Did we yeah. find out if Keyforge is number two? <laughs> Keyforge is. Oh, yeah. uh, I, I got mixed answers. It's either number three or number four, and that was back okay. in 2019. Okay, so who knows at this point? Yeah. Right. Um, I mean, this is kind of it's why still pretty I wonder impressive for a new game. Or a what new was that? Game. It's still pretty impressive for a newish game. Yeah. Oh yeah. Well, so I dropped. so I worked on the game. And I remember in the email asking me to work on it, they had a small pitch for the game and they pitched it as this is a game designed by Richard Garfield. And it's what fantasy flight it's fantasy flights answer to Magic the Gathering. They wanted this. They Uh, wanted uh, this to be (laughs) something. They they wanted their own magic game, basically. And they got the designer for it and everything. I I guess I could see that in terms of monetary value clearly well and popularity i think is also what they were going for is they they like not to say that it was uh great but they upped the usual fantasy flight uh rates um and in order to hire you know slightly better artists in order to get this thing on a roll um and i mean i'd say like generally it worked if you look at the statistics like they they really well did pretty well for being I don't think a, we know whether that's true yet. I mean, that's that's fair. We don't know exactly, but at least how it ma- seems to be on the top When did it come games. out? It came when? out 2018, I think. Okay, so it's only been out for like two years. I mean, three years, I guess, right? Potentially. Yeah, and I don't know how it's yeah. doing now this right. year. But I would be very curious. I mean, who knows what COVID has, has done to it, but... Uh, Especially because yeah. it's uh, physical only. Right, yeah. it's physical only. That- you know, that's, that is kind of interesting. I'd be really curious to see how that's affected the sales of card game, like like uh, tabletop card yeah. games well, or, most or tabletop tab- games in general. I, I feel like it actually hasn't affected traditional card games that much because they're always generally played 1v1, and most people have at least one friend that they can mm. see during COVID or <laughs> so, at least a partner or someone yeah, else to play I mean, a they, game I, with. I, I guess I would say that they can be played 1v1 because the most popular way to play Magic is Commander, which is always played in a well, game. Right, but I mean, I'm just saying that like most of those games are usually 1v1, which is why I don't think it'd probably be a, a huge deal. But I mean, I will yeah. say, because um, we're talking about Keyforge, I played it the other day uh, with a friend of mine, and it was probably the fourth time I've played it, maybe? Fourth yeah, we, or fifth. we played it a few times. But yeah. I mean, just one time. We played it one time, but we played a few games, right? Right. And um, it... Uh, it kind of excited me, um, and I talked to I talked to you about it, Gavin, just the other mm-hmm. night. That like, what was exciting is I realized in the starter set that I was given, which came with two um, pre-made, like specifically made um, starter decks, and then two uh, completely random decks. Which, for those that don't know, like how Keyforge functions, is it's a game that you buy not packs, but you buy complete decks. And those it's decks totally random. are well, completely random for the most part. They, they, ha- they have an algorithm, yeah. right? But they and which I also get the same was very deck. interesting. Like watching that video about the mm-hmm. designer talking about it, I was like, "What?" Yeah, and I, was, I mean, I was actually I, really impressed, and it made me interested in playing it or trying it uh, out. I yeah. mean, you should you should buy some, yeah, if you have someone to play it with and try it out. Like, you it's don't. kind of interesting. <laughs> but that what was really interesting was when I was playing the two random decks that was. Uh, that was given to us in the starter set one was clearly better than the other one (laughs) like without a doubt i played it and was stomping my friend and then we switched decks and he was stomping me with that deck um and 
what was exciting was me remembering like okay all of these decks are totally random i we we don't know what is better and what deck is like high in the meta i could have an insanely good deck here like if i went to a tournament with this deck i could get really far and that Mm -hmm. feeling i imagine is a similar feeling to not quite but it's kind of like when you go for like a draft where you're kind of making your best deck, except you don't have to make this deck. It's sort of like, did I luck into the it's heart of like, the cards? Yeah, <laughs> did it's I... more like sealed magic. So sealed, okay. sealed magic is yeah. you get six packs and you just open them and build your deck based on that. There isn't any kind of drafting. It's just like, okay. here's the card you get, make the best deck you can, which right. even then takes a lot of deck building skill. Right. So the thing that's weird here with Keyforge is that you could just be... But that's really so. This deck. is something. This is something that I thought was interesting, though, right? Is that like I I have been thinking a lot about the idea of like constructing your own deck, and that is something that I think is what is so enticing to all of these collectible card games. I don't yeah. like the power creep idea. I don't like the idea of there being these absolute set metas, but I think that's just going to happen. Um, mm-hmm. But what keeps me coming coming back to a lot of them, what got me back into like Legends of Runeterra recently, was like the whole deck building thing. But when you can't build your deck and you just happen to luck into this deck that, like, is pretty good, there's something that almost is, like, like otherworldly about it where it's like, oh, like, I got so lucky Mm -hmm. to get this thing. And now, like, I don't want it to go away. (laughs) And it, like, it really, I don't know. If if I were a kid playing this, it'd be the closest thing to me watching Yu-Gi-Oh! And watching Yu-Gi talk about the heart of the cards. Right. And now you literally draw a deck and you're like, this could be Exodia. Oh, my God. (laughs) And, like, that's a a cool feeling. It's pretty cool that they were able to do that. I forget. I think it was when I was watching the thing. I was like, this is probably as closest to, like, the Yu-Gi-Oh! meta (laughs) <laughs> like the anime that it could possibly yeah. be because like mm. it seems like in the anime nobody knows any card that people play right yeah <laughs> like there's no card <laughs> list nobody knows anything right no one's <laughs> ever heard of a dark magician before yeah, and like, then like yeah. what is that yeah. Oh, oh, you've never heard of my... How long has that game been around? <laughs> According to the anime, thousands of years. There's thousands of years of different metas that we've had to recognize where eventually in the future people go, fucking whatever. What is that? Lightning like, bolt? I don't know what a lightning bolt is. Okay. Like, uh, what was that? Uh, after like the Battle City thing, they had this like weird... like new like magic card that was like the, the new shadow realm or whatever and it's like what what is that like who who, made, who designed that so like as far as like if this was an ant if like in if real life was an anime i guess keyforge would be the the closest the closest probably to an, to the anime in real life yeah but uh man okay so here let, let i want to talk this experience through a little bit yeah um so how much ownership do you feel over your deck in Keyforge? Like, how how much do you feel like it's your deck? That's what's kind of funny is I still feel like it's my deck. Right. It, But one thing that I felt whenever I would try and make my own deck when I grew up and I would play Yu-Gi-Oh! or Magic or anything like that is, like, it would be my deck, but if I made a shitty deck... It's still I'd, your deck? I'd be yeah. like, yeah, I'd be like, this is my deck. But oh, like, if I lucked oh, into I'm really a, bad. I'm really, <laughs> but I'm if I really lucked bad. into a good it's, deck, oh man, like something about oh, it was uh, was still kind of like, oh yeah, that's my deck. Like, like that's the one that I pulled. Like, that's yeah, cool. Look, I I made this. Right. I did Not this. like I did this. I, I did this. I did this. But that's I guess that's what's so weird about it is like something about it is I just 
lucked into it, bought a random thing and got this random deck and it happened to be good. But because I bought that one, right? I could have been any deck in this pile of thing. But yeah. because I bought that one suddenly yeah. and the fact that for those that don't know, all Keyforge decks have their own unique uh, symbol and name on yeah. the bottom. So every deck has its own unique name and this own and like it's on, deity. It's on the God, backs it's... of all of the cards too. So you can't yeah. shuffle decks together. Like you literally right. cannot really? change the deck. It's <laughs> yeah. you got it. If you want a different one, you got to buy a new one. And Which is, I, something about that, I guess that kind of still instills that identity to it, right? Where it's like, oh yeah, weird... this is my deck. This is what it's called. It has these mm -hmm. types in it. Like I think there's an interesting... Um, kind of learning curve to that like where yeah you get this new deck you don't know how to play it at first so you play it a few times and you start learning how to play it yeah um you start <laughs> you you learn the algorithm basically <laughs> uh, and then like you you like man i got this deck down and then you start going to tournaments which is also i feel like they put a lot of energy into how they design so their tournaments yeah there's two different ways that tournaments play you have mm. uh show up and you get a deck at the tournament which is basically their limited format and then you have constructed format in quotes because you show <laughs> up with a deck that you've already bought and played with however here's what's interesting is in the constructed format if your deck wins it gets banned from all future tournaments <laughs> yeah I'm like, oh, these that capitalist was, that was one geniuses of the... over here <laughs> fucking no, oh think about the... this Good think about deck, this kid can't how cool is it how cool is it to win and then they go you're too good you're, you're I mean, too good you got to get well, out of here a, that's fair that's fair. <laughs> there was there's a few caveats to that i think <laughs> i mean um, not really like <laughs> no no there there's a few different modes to it where there's there's a tournament where if you win you get a i think it was like a uh, a shard or something like that whatever it was called but it gets put in your deck or something it weakens your deck so like oh that's uh you... isn't that part of the that you're talking about the chains chains oh. yeah, yeah, yeah yeah that's that's just part of the gameplay that's not part of that doesn't the go chain cross tracker. game oh, it's, it's no, a way to I, like it's way you're talking about something right? different i might be talking about something different okay because um, i just remember he was, like, he was talking about them well there's like in that talk he was talking about all these different like ways that tournaments are set up mm -hmm. um Unless I misunderstood, that, I thought that was just something that was like in a current game that you're playing, you can play a card that gives you a chain, which makes it like it gives you a handicap for the rest of the game or something. No, uh, there's there's something where like uh, it, I think it's tournament based, or like when you when you I play mean, a deck, guys, there's like a tournament. There's five like a variants of tournaments. Yeah, yeah. So, well, that's, all right, that's we're missing I mean, half like, of what's going on here. Then, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so let's like, talk about Keyforge, like we know what we're talking about. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but. Yeah, I don't know. It it was just interesting here, like the way they're solving the tournaments with like pre-made yeah. decks, basically. And Trying like to make that sure was that one the... of it. Like basically, when you play a deck, you register it, and mm -hmm. therefore, like that's kind of like your your deck from that from that point on. And then you play in the tournaments, and that deck I think gets points on the yeah on the site right. or whatever. there's something about that yeah it, yeah, yeah and then eventually it makes it so you can't play the deck in tournaments anymore yeah um but i don't know, I don't know about that that's the thing i'm sure it is a thing. talking about it but, but I, that might be like there might be like different levels of tournaments that it, like now it's oh, like, like oh like oh it's like yeah maybe? if a deck has a certain number of points it's like a, 
I mean, maybe, maybe. that's a future type I, that thing. Would, that would make sense. I don't know if I don't remember. Does that. everyone get invited to an island where they play the King of Games, oh, yeah. Pegasus, <laughs> yeah, yeah. with their Mortal top keyboard? <laughs> that would be amazing. So, so this is this is kind of why I I wonder about this because we just talked about how a bunch of card games just play off of power creep and pay to win. And then Keyforge is also pay to win, but they're doing things a little bit differently. And that's just, and then I've talked to you guys a bit about Legends of Runeterra and, and same, I'd say honestly with Magic Arena, um, is that those online versions of card games just throw cards at you. Like you can't spend cards fast enough at the pace that they throw them at you to the point where like, Mm -hmm. if I wanted to go on Legends of Runeterra right now, after I think I've maybe played upwards of maybe 30 games, Mm -hmm. I could probably make whatever deck I generally want to make right now. Um, I don't know if it'd be good, but I could make it. You could make something, yeah. Right, yeah. and, uh, but it, it's like, is the old pay-to-win model going to work? Because you don't, like, I think you can buy cards in Legends of Runeterra, mm-hmm. but most of what they seem to be selling is vanity. It's mm-hmm. little yeah. pets that you get in the bottom left. It's card backs. You can buy a, a board style for your half of the board. Mm-hmm. Um they do everything possible to monetize things other than the cards. I'd be curious to see how that yeah. works for them long term. Um, I know that like card card game players in general like their flair, right? They like having yeah. their card sleeves. They like having their play mats. They like having. Um, and it took forever for someone to finally do this. Yeah. Hearthstone got card backs, but you can't even really see your card backs, right? Yeah, the card which is, like, is a bummer, yeah. right? <clears throat> but for Legends of Runeterra to be like, well, let's give Flair however else we can. Buy a cute pet, and it dances for you. I do wonder how much of that will cross over and how much won't. Because, uh, you know, like, the part of the reason why you buy certain types of sleeves, at least in, with, in like, Magic or whatever, for, for me, like, certain sleeves shuffled better than other sleeves, certain mm. sleeves, like... I think the more casual approach was I'm going to buy sleeves that have the coolest pictures on them. But when you got into more like tournament play, you're looking for sleeves that shuffle better or feel a certain way. And there was definitely like a, like a fashion scene almost. I don't know what else to call it to, to tournament play magic where like, the best players were using a certain type of sleeve, you know, because it's like, we (laughs) use these sleeves because they shuffle the best. And like all they had on the, they, they were just solid color. They the most expensive cards. They, they're te- they're like textured back sleeves with a, that were just a solid color. And like, yeah, uh, a lot of guys would would buy like this color sleeve, right? Right. And, and yeah, it's, yeah. it's almost like a, it's almost like a peacocking thing where it's like, <laughs> I'm gonna play with the most ridiculous like sleeves i can i can find so that when i beat you you're gonna feel worse like it's kind of stupid well i think people (laughs) still kind of do that in a way but in this new format is like do you know how many people will ironically have the uh, switching off of card games for a second but i'm thinking just in terms of skins the Mm -hmm. uh goth zarya skin in overwatch is notorious for being like one of the worst skins in the game but they'll just and, wear it so they but they'll they wear it feel bad so right so when you die it's not only oh i died but i died to someone with a horrible mm. skin um same thing <laughs> right but well, in legends so of runeterra it's like you can buy emotes and you can just spam emotes on people that Ugh. you know will make them feel bad <laughs> i feel like that's such a, a degenerate thing too they're gonna be like i don't know like i know you're talking about uh, card players here gavin 
Come on. Well, we're, you never we're played against those kids. Like, <laughs> there is a group of them. I mean, I was just talking about buying pink sleeves so that you can make someone feel <laughs> oh, bad. God, but this like, is a bad skin. <laughs> you're looking at it. It's the Gazzaria skin, right? Gazzaria. <laughs> I don't know. I, I, I just, I guess, I wonder how much of that is going to transition over into digital games i think what really would work is custom cards like cards with different art on them but then you run into like weird scenarios where people are like what if there's 50 different versions of one card and you look at it and go i don't know what this card is because i haven't seen this image of it before you have to hover over every card well like, that's magic does it though magic does have magic sort arena of. has like custom sort of so magic does it based on metas though so like you're not gonna have I mean, like, I guess you could go to a tournament, and if Lightning Bolt is legal in that meta... I'm talking about you... digital digital card game. Okay, digital so, Magic. So Magic Arena has different art for different cards? Yeah. Digitally so you now? can buy skins, actually, for cards, for and cards. it will have a different look for it. Oh, yeah. I mean, I guess, yeah, I mean, it's kind of the same with Paper Magic. Mm. That's kind of what I was saying, is that, you know, you'll have a Lightning Bolt that was printed in beta, yeah, and you could play it in depending a Depending on what, di- what edition it, it is. Yeah. Yeah. Um, which is I mean, interesting. Which is like yeah. a kind of an interesting thing. It's like more like dating yourself. Like <laughs> what? Like I play. I've been playing this game for twenty years, as you can tell oh, from I, my I thought, lightning bolt from. <laughs> from I thought, I thought <laughs> you meant it's like taking yourself out to dinner. I was like, wait, what? Yeah, yeah that's kind of what I. <laughs> that's no, also what no. I kind of took. Treat it yourself you, to a nice beta <laughs> lightning bolt. And if and you know what, if you if you play your cards right, you, you might literally. go home with yourself. <laughs> <laughs> you might get lucky. <laughs> I don't know. I, I I guess I I'm curious to see what the would you guys want digital to, card games. Would looks you like. guys want to see a different system, a different system besides like pay to win for card games? Okay, here's what I think is the best digital card game system, and it's basically as close to Paper Magic as what you can get, which is Magic Online. This is not Magic Arena. This is the previous to Magic Arena, Magic Online, which is cards are have a, a value. You can trade them. You can buy individual cards for money you have to you have to buy tick tickets but then you can trade tickets to bots for cards and then like that works essentially the same as buying cards in real life i and part of the reason why is because me as a player who is is into the magic economy not not anymore but at some point i know how to make money off of the magic economy so that i can support my hobby which is a whole nother level of gaming i guess but like there was a point in time where i had barely spent any money on magic but i was playing at a competitive level and it was because i was able to win packs open those packs trade the cards in get new cards and play the the like evolving metagame across the course of that season and buy cards when they were low and sell cards when they were high it becomes kind of a stock market but it's still kind of pay to win in a sense, like you, you were able to get up there and get high enough where you were able to do stuff like that. But either way, it's still, there's still some sort of sense of monetization. There's somewhere that the money has to come from for you to get those other cards. Yeah. You need the seed money, I guess. But like, I don't actually really mind pay to win. I guess maybe that's the problem. It's like, well, <laughs> like it really doesn't I th- bother I th- me that much. Well, do you not mind it in card games? Because if nah. you're playing Battlefront and Darth mm-hmm. Vader comes in and fucking murders you okay, in one slice, here, I, think I actually think I actually think pay to win is a way to balance the game for people that don't play the game as often. Like, 
I think that what? you should have two ways to do this. You should either be investing time or you should be in, you should be investing money. And if I'm uh, an adult or whatever who has a job and, and can't play games very often, I still want to be able to compete with people that play the game for 16 hours a day. And if I have to just spend a little bit more money to be able to do that, whatever, you know. Okay, but then that gets into the question of like is it is the only part of the game that's fun to you the competition? Because really, no. I still enjoyed Overwatch, even if I sucked at Overwatch for quite yeah. a while until I found a hero that I was like, oh, OK, like this is kind of fun. I got I got a couple kills. And then from there, I got better and better. The game should still be fun, whether you're dying from people that are just more skilled yeah. from you. Of course. Yeah, I don't, I, and the thing is, like, Magic builds its its metagame in such a way that there are competitive decks that are very that are much cheaper than the other ones. You know, like everybody mm-hmm. starts playing mono red competitively because it's the cheapest deck to build that's competitive. Like your your win percentage isn't great because the decks like pretty random at some points, but it still can win. So I don't know. I I, I guess like maybe it's because I grew up in this Magic community playing competitively but like pay to win has never really bothered me that much so i I had a different uh, i will say one thing before before i pass it over is that the one thing i will say about pay to win is that it shouldn't be pay to win is mandatory like you should be able to play the game and get to the same level as somebody who could just pay to get there otherwise i think then it is exploitative so magic Mm. is exploitative no i just described how you can play magic and not spend a bunch of money and still be able to to play as an upper, upper but you do player. kind of have to spend money in order to eventually get cards to trade in for other cards and then hope to get those other cards back in packs that you would need okay let me put it this way <laughs> when i was at my my best i guess playing magic my best uh, whatever uh when i was most into it i made money off playing magic okay but that's fine but to get to your best, how mm-hmm. much money did you have to spend? Oh, I'm sure I've spent thousands of dollars playing That's Magic. what I'm getting at. But, <laughs> that but in order I, to get to that point, you had to I, spend thousands. Right, but but that was in like that's like over the course of my Magic career to get to the point where I could make money playing Magic, but there was a like there there's an equilibrium there, I think, that like as you get better at playing Magic, you end up spending less money on it, ironically, I guess. Which is I mean, I weird. think that's that 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 to me makes sense. And I think yeah. that makes sense as being any sort of like a, a committed player of anything. The same same thing happens with World of Warcraft in a sense, where if you play the game more often and make enough gold, you can buy a WoW token uh hmm. on the auction house so you, and so you don't have to pay for so you don't have time. to pay for a month like right. there's systems like that that i think are fair to the people that are the most committed members of the mm-hmm. community um yeah. but in order to become a good enough <laughs> member in the magic scene in order for you to not spend money having to spend that much money th- and this is what i was saying as i have a different experience with pay to win because yeah. i've played a lot of card games and almost every single time that me and my friends would get into a card game we'd Mm -hmm. be enjoying it we'd get starter decks we'd buy some packs make our own decks and have fun with it maybe go to some tournaments yeah we had one friend that every single time would go and buy two boxes of whatever sets he knew he needed certain cards from yeah and he would go and open them and sometimes he'd share the cards which is fine but all of the cards that he needed were obviously they'd go to him first and he would buy his way to the top deck. And I get that doesn't substitute skill, right? He still needs to be right. good, but at a well, certain, at a certain, yeah. right. <laughs> at a certain level, 
Yeah. Like his <laughs> okay. better cards are going to outweigh e- us even if we are more skilled but with worse cards. So so hot take your friend's an asshole. But <laughs> <laughs> what I, well, like, that's what well, I'm well, saying pay like, to win is a lot of no, the time. No, no, okay, hold, hold on, hold on. Because the only time I'm, like, shelling out money or playing a top-tier deck is at a tournament. If I'm playing with my friends at, like, the dinner table, I'm playing decks that I just made for fun. Like, I'm not going to just play a deck that can just demolish someone yeah. to make sure they have a horrible time. Like, Well, it's, not... a weird, it's a difference between, like, casual and, like, competitive like yeah, if you you're to, you yeah. competitive you're gonna spend money to get the right. you know if you want to be competitive you gotta you gotta buy in like um and i think there's like especially like hearthstone is a huge community like most of the community is just complains about not being able to free to play mm-hmm. yeah and it's like well like they have to eat too <laughs> like I don't, there's a <laughs> there's there's a certain point like yeah. like where it's like everybody just complains about spending any kind of money on hearthstone and there, yeah. there is some, there's some like truth to it, especially with the newest, uh, uh, Jaina. Yeah, that was I, so I don't bad. even know what's going on with, with that, but yeah, I saw, I saw yeah, that they're, they're doing they're, some they're, That Jaina one was thing. literally, they just got really, I don't know what will happen in, with team five at that point, but they were just really lazy with it or something, but it was no. not worth the price. But like, I don't know, everybody just, and they are, they are looking at redesigning give them credit they are trying to redesign the system as far as like how you get gold or how you get new packs and things like that um but i know that's the main complaint with anybody is like why can't i just play this game for free i I guess that's what's so interesting about magic to me is that magic has a free or like a a a free-to-play system in it's just the fact that cards are worth real money and that you can let's say let's say you're a new player and you buy mm-hmm. a pack and you open a you open a, a mythic rare or whatever that's worth 20 to 30 dollars and mm-hmm. you trade it back into the local store that you're at and you get a bunch like you can, you can build a casual you can buy deck more. easily <laughs> yeah there there is there are a few decks that anybody can pretty much make that are still viable mostly hunter and warlock um, mm-hmm. the aggro decks those are aggro decks are always like the cheapest decks yeah for, that, i mean it's mostly reason. the same with magic yeah. too yeah I, I imagine those are pretty much all around for any card game it's usually the same thing Um, i guess i just but to play the fun greedy decks that's when you have to spend some money yeah (laughs) i feel like that like a lot of these digital card games are missing this and it's weird for me to see magic even move away from it with magic arena is that like they've removed the economy and to me i feel like that was a really big part of how you combat this pay-to-win system in a weird way so i i don't know i don't know it's i mean i yeah, I kind of agree with you on that. I mean, I've definitely, I remember being there when my friend pulled, it was like the rarest card at the time in Yu-Gi-Oh! Yeah. And everyone at the card store that day was trying to get it, and he pulled it. And yeah. as shady as it sounds, a 40-year-old man pulled him into an alleyway and offered him $80 for it. Um, <laughs> I probably and he, and he know took that 40-year-old man. You He's kind of probably do. <laughs> it was it was Borderlands, so yeah. 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 Um, but And then he took that $80, and he went yeah. right up to the front and bought a ton more packs. Yeah, and, like, yeah. that, I, I've done it plenty of times. I've seen other people do it. Like, it, it does, in a way, eventually kind of pay for itself, sort of. I had to buy a bunch of packs... So that I could get a card, so I could get a bunch of free packs, but I did <laughs> kind of have to buy packs <laughs> well, you, to get there. It's gambling. That's a yeah. problem. You should probably <laughs> fix that. 
I don't know where we we land at the end of this conversation though. Like, yeah, I'm trying. I was trying to like figure out like what our what, well, yeah. what's, what the, I'm thinking there, what's the is thesis there a conclusion here? here? Yeah, well, like, I'm trying to think like know. when it comes to Legends of Runeterra because that's kind of the most uh, to me currently is uh, to the extent of my knowledge. Although I'm not super familiar with all the digital card games out there, so far I have not felt incentivized to buy any cards from them mm-hmm. which right. sorry legends of runeterra i just like how often <laughs> you give me cards i like the pace <laughs> so i'm like all right great thank you yeah. um but th- i will say it did get me very quickly into like oh okay great now i'm starting to get like bilgewater cards and now i can make a bilgewater deck like because i'm starting mm-hmm. to get these like that's awesome i can actually i feel like i can competitively get into this quicker if i wanted um, and start making decks that I really want to make with these cards. Um, right. And I'd say, if anything, yeah, it probably is the more, it's the more committed players that are the ones that are going to say like, oh, well, I want to buy this emote. I want to buy this, you know, board side and and pet right. and all that. Um, and I kind of, <clears throat> I feel for the magic players that do just want to not spend a single penny and, and get into the game and i'd say legends of runeterra is offering a really good solution for that right now there is uh we talked about it a while ago but there's that it's one of the designers for magic arena he started making his own game own digital card game i think it's oh yeah eternal no that wasn't it what was it immortal or something immortals i don't know but yeah yeah we looked at his is his is uh that's the whole key of it is just yeah. that it's you own the cards that you have and well, there's also the kind of the the big stinking elephant in the room which is artifact like <laughs> yeah i mean they tried to do that same system and this is what's funny is that that system i think would have worked absolutely fine if it didn't have a paywall in the beginning yeah. and i think they justified that paywall because this is how much you would pay for starter decks physical starter decks in any physical game right and in fact you actually get like you get two decks and like 10 packs or something like that for buying the game which is a lot but But it's a digital card game and there's a new standard that's it's not recognizing the market in which it exists which is free to play digital card games right like you should always be like i i played hearthstone for like a year year and a half before i actually spent any money on it yeah same here well, yeah, that's also like, a really interesting thing, too, because I think when you first learn how to play Magic, I would say the majority of the time, the first time or whatever you're playing Magic, you haven't mm-hmm. spent any money on Magic. It's it's a friend of yours that's like, hey, let, you want to try this <laughs> game out? And they give yeah. you a deck, right? Like, Yeah. yeah. It's like, wow, I this guess. deck's really cool. And then, like, like, oh, maybe I'll buy a starter pack or a starter yeah, deck. And then just it, like, to, like, snowballs. And then, you start, and then you spending and then two thousand dollars later, yeah. you're you're playing. <laughs> you're you're. Uh, bringing kids into alleyways to like buy their (laughs) hey hey that was Yu-Gi-Oh all right well that's gonna do it for this episode of the distraction makers podcast if you'd like to ask a question or help us test our games or maybe if you're working on a game of your own join us over on our discord channel you can find the link in the description below if you're enjoying the show make sure to give us a five-star review on whatever platform you're listening to this podcast on and we will see you next week
you know what I'm still sitting on? Pogs. Waiting for those pogs oh to come God. back around. 